and welcome to The Pig Ed, Chagas's Pig Podcast with me, Amy Quinn. Our podcast series covers the latest news, information and advice to keep Irish pig farmers up to date with the industry. We are continuing to focus on some of the research being carried out in the pig development department and my guest this episode is Chagas researcher Maria Costa, who's going to discuss the Pat Serve Pig or PSP project that many producers were involved in over the last few years. I first asked Maria to remind us what this project is all about. It was a big project between uh, Chagask, uh, UCD, the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, uh, the Cork Institute of Technology, and it was actually funded by by DAFM, so by the Department of Agriculture. And it was a big project um, whose main objective was actually to investigate respiratory disease in Irish pig farms, um, but also risk factors and the relationship between um, uh, respiratory disease and performance welfare and also intermecable use. Um, so this project uh, took more or less four years and it, it included several longitudinal studies and these longitudinal studies are studies where we, we follow the pigs from birth to, to slaughter. So we individually tag pigs from birth to slaughter. And then we also did some uh, cross-sectional study where we just collected information on different farms, about 70 farms in different uh, areas, like biosecurity, feed, vaccination, and we follow these pigs to the slaughterhouse. And why is respiratory disease so important in pig production? So the reason why we picked this area, like to go ahead with these, uh, such a big study involving so many institutions, um, is that because it's because actually just respiratory disease has has been the problems with it have been increasing over time. So we know that because we are re- rearing more pigs under one uh, one house and, and uh, one same roof, they're all sh- sharing the same airspace, it tends to worse, or at least it's, uh, it's harder to actually manage disease when we have so many animals. Um, we know that it greatly affects performance. There's lots of papers, and we also know that from the farm for our, our own um, data. And uh, it's also a major reason for intermacular use in Ireland. And this comes after a survey, it was done in 2014, where we just asked farmers what was the main reason for which they were using antimicrobials, and the large majority of them said antimicrobial use. And it's also because respiratory disease, I'm not talking about one particular agent, because the problem related to this is that it's actually a complex, it's a disease complex. And by these, I mean that it's actually there's many agents involved in these respiratory disease entity that I'm talking about. Maria, can you tell us a bit more about that disease complex you mentioned? So actually, yeah, the technical term is really um, porcine respiratory disease complex. And it's a complex because it involves management and environment. And this is actually a very important part. And I actually mean, you know, the dust, the ammonia levels, everything we do on, on the farm. Uh, bacteria and viruses. So these are the agents that would be causing disease. But within these complex, we have some that are primary agents like mycoplasma and like PERS or the blue ear, which would be the agents which like if we are positive to those, we are kind of opening the door, the door for other secondary infections by other uh, agents. It doesn't really matter which ones, it just matters that once you have one, one of these or both or even more on the same farm, you're actually much more uh, prone to have other problems with respiratory disease, not just related to these specific agents. So it's, it's all together, it's a bigger problem. 
You were mostly involved in the cross-sectional study of this project, Maria. What did this involve? Um, so these, uh, these cross-sectional study was actually done in two main parts. The first part was where we were visiting farms to ask about their biosecurity practices. Um, we also wanted to know what was the herd health status of, of, of these farms. And we also asked questions about the vaccination, some, uh, some actually some, some feeding strategies as well. And then we wanted to assess how this information we got from the farms directly would relate to the, the things that we can see in the slaughterhouse. So then after the first phase of the study, which was these major survey we did on, on the farm, we followed these farms to the slaughterhouse and we checked many batches of these uh, farms and we checked the, the lung lesions, lungs, uh, heart and liver lesions. And we also collected blood samples to study the presence of some of these primary agents we were talking about for the, for the disease complex, the respiratory disease complex. Um, and then the most, this, is, this was actually the most in intensive part of the project as well. All the slaughterhouse visits, we had to be there. It was the winter of 2017 to 2018, five months of everyday uh, um, visiting a certain slaughterhouse. Um, and, and this was, we collected a large amount of data that then was able to inform us about all the things we were looking after. And what else did you find, Maria? So from the first part of the project, we, when we looked into the management and the biosecurity uh, practices on the farm, actually the results that we were able to tell us that in terms of external biosecurity were actually quite good. I mean, compared to other European countries that use the same survey. Um, and one of the reasons could be because most of the Irish pig farms are actually breeding their own guilds instead of buying other uh, guilds from outside. Uh, but we also saw that the internal biosecurity uh, was not so good. I mean, and this is in line with what we have in other European countries as well. That means that the practices we have inside the farm are not very good in terms of keeping disease from spreading inside the farm. And this would be important to control disease between different batches, for instance. And what were the main reasons for low internal biosecurity? The thing with the, the, the biosecurity is that, from to my point of view, we still have very heterogeneous uh, pig farms in Ireland. So it's a bit difficult when we have very old buildings and very new buildings and the organization of the farm is not so straightforward to be able to stop us from going from the, from the sows, from the maternities, from the farming houses to the winners and then to the finishers. Sometimes it happens that we go to the finishers first and we go back to the farming houses. Then we go to the winners, which is not the way we should be going. We should always be going from the youngest animals to the oldest animals, and we should always look after the healthy animals first. And then at the end of the day or later on, we would go and check the diseased animals. Because if we don't do this way, we'll be bringing, we'll be bringing disease from one compartment to the others. That's one of the main things. But it's a bit difficult to implement because we have our habits, our routines um, so well developed that it's very difficult to change that. And how do these biosecurity results compare to other European countries? Uh, so we know that, uh, well, for the external biosecurity, we know that uh, it, it is actually higher in Ireland than it is in, in other countries. Um, one of the reasons for that could be that, the, that we are actually, most of the pig farms are breeding their own guilt instead of uh, purchasing them uh, from other farms. But also they 
tend to have um, uh, fences. They don't really have, for instance, like showers, but uh, many farms are in a good location. They're not wild boars around. All of these things count for the external biosecurity. And what exactly were you checking for in the slaughterhouse? So in the slaughterhouse, um, we were looking for lung lesions. And for so we were just going to the solder line and looking at all the lungs, the hearts and the livers, and we were assessing them, their lesions, so uh, pneumonia, uh, pleurisy, um, also pericarditis, with the inflammation around the, the heart, and milk spots on the liver. And we were also collecting blood samples from these finisher pigs we were assessing. So overall, we assessed about 60 farms at slaughter uh, from those 70 farms that did the biosecurity survey initially. Um, and we assessed at least two batches per farm with an average of 167 uh, lungs checked uh, for every batch. Um, and overall, for this uh, winter season that we were visiting the slaughterhouses, we assessed more than 27 pigs at slaughter. So we have a large amount of data that is able to inform us what is actually happening on each one of these farms and altogether what is happening in, in this, in this uh, study sample of farms. Um, in Ireland. And we know that actually these, these farms represent about 30% of the Irish pig herd um, from, from the, the amount of sows we had in, the, in our study. But we cannot exactly say that this is a representative sample because we didn't select them randomly. So all we can say is it's, uh, it's that these farms should be representative of the, ID, of the Irish pig farms that are enrolled within the Chegask Advisory Service because we uh, selected them through the advisors, through our Chegask advisors, but we don't know how similar this would be to the farms that are not enrolled in our services. Uh, we don't know how different they are, so that's why we cannot say that this is, these results are um, meaningful for all the farms in, in Ireland. And our average herd size, just for you to have a, a reference figure, um, in this study sample, in these 60 farms, we had an average herd size of uh, 790 sows. Um, and the, the, the smallest farm had 109 sows and the, the biggest farm had 2,500 sows. And what were the main findings from this part of the study? So the things that we found um, in terms of serology, of, and by serology I mean when once we took the bloods, we, we sent them to the lab, to our partner in the Cork Institute of Technology, and they were analyzing all these bloods. They were doing these tests to detect antibodies against four main respiratory disease pathogens. So we looked at two uh, viruses, so the, the influenza A virus or the flu, the porcine reproductive and respiratory syndrome virus or PERS, blue ear, and then also two bacteria, mycoplasma hyenomonia, which is uh, known as enzootic pneumonia mostly, uh, and actinobacillus leronomonia, which is APP. So from these, we saw that um, about 79% or 80% of the farms that we tested were positive for flu and for mycoplasma. And um, about 59% of the farms were positive to PERS or blue ear. And we saw that virtually all of the farms were positive to APP um, on these uh, tests for antibodies. So this bug seems to be everywhere. It doesn't really tell us if this is a problem or not, because we know from the literature that actually 
it's very normal that every farm is positive to ABP. It's more that we actually have to go next and we have to find which strains are circulating so we can tell in particular for ABP if this is a problem or not. And in terms of the lung checks, what we saw in general, when we look at the lesions we have on the, um, on the lungs compared to other, other countries, they were a bit similar, even though these really changed a lot according to the season and according to the diseases that are circulating. But we, we saw that the levels of pleurisy on average were about 12% um, for the dorsal caudal pleurisy. Um, and then of pneumonia, we had an average of uh, 13%, but the average surface affected, so even though the lung was affected, the average surface that was affected was only 6.2%, so it doesn't seem to be very severe. But we also had 14% of scars, and scars are the healing lesion of pneumonia. But uh, a pig could have had pneumonia without leaving a scar, so maybe there was even a larger percentage of pigs that had pneumonia and we didn't have any indication when we got to slaughter because you could have had this problem earlier in the life, lifetime of the pig. Um, and then for pericarditis, we had an average of 7.4%. And then surprisingly, the thing that we think would be the most controllable one, which would be milk spots on the liver, we had an average of 28.6% on farm. And we had a, a huge range. We had farms without any milk spots whatsoever in any liver of any batch. And we had farms that had one batch up to 93% of all the livers affected, which is a lot. But so we should look into this and maybe um, investigate a little bit more on the, the warming protocols we have and make sure that we are uh, following them. So following these, these are like the main results, we got all the data together and we tried to model um, production performance. So we had, because these farms were Chagas clients, we, we did these models where we tried to predict how much was the production performance of certain farms based on their respiratory disease health status, on their information. And what we were able to do is actually very interesting because some of these models we built were able to explain up to 40% uh, in the variation of, say, average daily gain. So if we had 70 farms and we have an average average daily gain uh, of, uh, say, 800 grams per day, and some farms will have lower average daily gain, other farms will have higher average daily gain, and we are able to explain 40% of these differences based on information we got. And we were also able to do the same for, say, average for the um, age at sale. And this is quite impressive on the, this type of study because we didn't control for other factors. So just with what we were able to gather, explaining 40% is pretty amazing, considering that we are not even taking into account um, gastrointestinal diseases or the management or even the feed, which is very important for average daily gain. So what do these results mean for pig producers? We, we are actually able to take very practical conclusions uh, from, from this, this study. So first of all, the prevalence of these diseases is, is, is important in Ireland. Like we saw, um, all of them are above 50%. So we have more than double of our farms, uh, more than half of our farms affected by some of these diseases. Um, 
and there is a clear influence of respiratory disease on production performance. Uh, PERS and pleurisy, for example, had a major impact on our production performance parameters. And as we were saying before, we built these models to predict production performance from the data, and this included vaccination, serology, and the prevalence of lung lesions. Um, but when we look in particular at these two models I was uh, talking about before, I will give you an idea, a more practical idea of what this means. So if we look at the model that we built for average daily gain, we see very plainly that farms that are positive to PERS are losing 31 grams per day in average daily gain compared to farms that don't have PERS. And this is, this is very big, 31 grams per day in average daily gain is, is massive. But we also see that these farms, farms that have uh, an average cranial pleurisy, which is one of the other types of pleurisy we're looking after, the average in Ireland was 9.3. So if you have 9.3% um, of, uh, of your pigs with this pleurisy, you already are losing uh, 19 grams per day in average daily gain compared to farms that don't have cranial pleurisy. Um, but the thing is, because this is a linear scale, you can see the more you have, the more cranial pleurisy you have, or the more pleurisy you have, the more you will lose. So this is why it's important to look at our lung checks every quarter, every three months, um, regularly, and uh, informed by your vet, so you can see where do you stand. And uh, if you're actually able to compare yourself to your peers, then you'll know um, how bad or how well are you doing. So just a little bit further, if you have 15% of cranial pleurisy as opposed to 9.3%, uh, 9 you're losing 30 grams per day. And if you have 20%, you're losing 40 grams per day. So this is very important to know so that we can control these factors and these risk factors to actually increase our performance. And when we look at another model, when we look at the age at sale, for instance, we, we similarly, we can see in here that the farms that were positive to PERS take uh, an extra six, seven days to reach the slaughter weight. That's one week, one week extra. That's a lot. And in terms of space and of farm logistics and management, um, it's a big, big problem. And also in this model, pleurisy came up as well as something important. So again, if we had a farm, it had 9% of pleurisy and cranial pleurisy in here, it will take them 3.7 or four days longer to reach the slaughter weight, um, the slaughter weight, so the age, um, uh, to reach the, the, the slaughterhouse. And the, the, the more you have, the worse it will be. So the longer it will take for you to get there. So you have, if you have 15% of cranial pleurisy, then the pigs will take six extra days to reach a slaughter weight. And if you have 20%, it's eight extra days and, and so on. So many farmers were not aware of, of the impact these had on their farms. So especially farmers with PERS or mycoplasma or a high prevalence of, of lung lesions, this, this is, or the, and this was a very good opportunity to call their vets and to discuss uh, the control of disease on their farms. So what would you say, Maria, is the next step when it comes to research in this area? So we are still working with some of these data. I know um, that at the moment, one of our partners uh, of this big project, uh, our partners in CIT, are um, trying to, um, they are sending some of these samples we took at the Sauterhouse, especially the lung samples for analysis, so we can have data on the APP strains that are circulating in Ireland. 
This is something that uh, people having, have been asking us to do. And I know actually there's some parallel work being developed in the Department of Agriculture um, to try to identify these uh, APP strains. And it's important because we know from the literature, again, that uh, there's not necessarily a cross protection against the, um, across the different APP serotypes. And this is one of the reasons why sometimes the vaccines uh, may work or, or may not work. Um, and by cross-protection, I mean if we have the different serotypes or the different strains in our farm, sometimes just because we get one doesn't mean that we are protected against the one that our neighbor has, which is important, which makes it even more important not to mix pigs and make sure that we have a strict biosecurity not to infect um, everyone. So what we did so far were just the first steps in order to understand um, pig respiratory disease in Irish pig farms. So we now we have a baseline, um, a background from where to start and start, and start researching some other things. Um, one of the things that I think would be very interesting would be to map disease. I think with some of the, the data we have, or even if we start collecting some of these data at the slaughterhouse, we could actually go to a map and have having the geolocation of our farms, we could plot it and we could see where are the farms that are positive to PERS, where are those that are positive to mycoplasma, and if they are grouped together, like these uh, 10 farms that are neighbors, or the other ones that are free. We can even see if there's in, an influence of the, the winds and the fields that are passing by, and if there's any um, influence of the roads that are around because we know that the peak transports are one of the big issues. Um, but those are all things that we can just we can look at at the future and that seem to be promising. But the next step and the most immediate one, which we already started doing, is modeling the economic impact um, of respiratory disease on farm. And we we started doing this with the recently developed peak economic model. Um, and so we can feed all of these data and, the, and we can actually model the estimate costs of each of these diseases that we have on the farm um, based on this Chegas peak production uh, model. Um, and then continuing from this, we know that Animal Health Ireland and the Department of Agriculture are um, launching their AM, PM uh, or antemortem and postmortem inspection um, on sites. So the, the, the TVIs and the vets, the veterinary inspectors will actually uh, assess, assess uh, on the slaughterhouse um, directly onto their tablets, the prevalence of lung lesions. And so this can, can be used to inform farmers on a regular basis, as opposed to just doing this in a research project like we did. And Animal Health, Health Ireland is picking up from this. They're already doing the biosecurity surveys every year. Um, uh, which the Department of, Ag of Agriculture is paying vets to do on farm, so it's totally free from producers, and it gives you a tool to um, assess how you are doing on your farm and how do you evolve year to year, and you should set up goals to improve this every year, and then with this other information that we'll get from the slaughterhouse, um, there's no, no, no more excuses not to monitor your respiratory disease uh, or your heart health status regularly. Finally, Maria, what advice would you give a pig producer on how to monitor respiratory disease on their farm? So the, the first thing that I would do would be to have the herd health status defined. So I think this is the most important and the key thing before doing anything else. 
But of course, to do this, you, you first have to call your vet. And the second step would be actually to gather the team. So we know that uh, working on the farm is not just the farmer, it's the farmer, then there's the vet, there's the advisor, there's the nutritionist, there's the, the geneticist sometimes, all of these people that are working uh, with one farmer and in one farm should get together and there should be a plan uh, that should be designed for the herd health of, uh, of those, uh, that farm. So whether you want to tackle a specific issue, you can talk about disease elimination protocols or controls or vaccination updates of those farms. Um, and then you should also monitor uh, your, your respiratory disease through slaughterhouse checks every quarter, at the very least, um, and serology eventually every year, depending on your herd health status and what you're trying to achieve with your um, herd health plan. And then eventually even update or adapt vaccination plans whenever it's uh, necessary. These would be the key things that I would advise. Thanks very much, Maria. Thank you. That's it for this episode of The Pig Edge. And thanks to Maria for joining me on the show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss a show. And for more farming information, go to chagas.ie. Until next time, I'm Amy Quinn. Thanks for listening.